0: Hello and welcome to Career Talk with OG, where we empower you so opportunities come to you. Through our series of podcasts, we will give you relevant, practical, actionable career tips and strategies. We believe that through the act of storytelling, we can deliver relatable and authentic talks that allow listeners to gain real-world insight into the career journeys of industry professionals. With our very own season, we bring to you Career Talk with OG. Hello everyone and thank you for joining us today. My name is Angelica and I'll be helping facilitate today's webinar on how to tell your first gen story. Before we begin, I just wanna go over a few items. We are asking that everyone please keep yourselves muted. That way we can enjoy our presenter's advice and tips that he has to share with us today. I would also like to remind everyone that we will have a Q&A portion at the end of today's webinar. So if you want to type your questions in the chat, that would be great. And then we also encourage everyone who can to go ahead and turn your cameras, cameras on so we can see your faces. Obviously, if you can't, we totally understand, but we love seeing who's with us. And thank you everyone who typed in the chat where they're from. It looks like we have a little bit of everyone from everywhere. So always love to see that. So without further ado, I would love to introduce our speaker for today. So Oscar Garcia is the founder and chief empowerment officer of Aspita Consulting, a Silicon Valley training and consulting firm. He is an introvert turned international speaker. His training style is of a prac trainer. He actively practices what he trains others to do. As chief empowerment officer, Oscar empowers you, so opportunities come to you
1: all right thank you angelica good afternoon everyone <clears throat> boy this is uh awesome uh, i think we're we're, we're st- we uh we got people from uh, almost all 50 states and also internationally from mexico i was just there came back saturday um but uh anyways you know um one of the things before i get started is one um i we had emailed you and asked you to have your linkedin url So that Angelica will share a link that uh, a form where um, you can uh, you can add your LinkedIn URL. One of the things new that we're doing this year is to uh, facilitate some networking. So um, LinkedIn, obviously, is a great platform to do that. The other thing, too, is is that we have a couple of polls. I just want to get a feel for who is joining us uh, today. So uh, there we go. Okay. So here uh, on your screen, you see uh, the first poll that we have. Uh, You know, let us know uh, if you're a first-gen professional and then uh, also what your career level is, a college student, entry-level, mid-level, senior level here. So we'll give it uh, kind of a a minute or so here for you to, Uh, uh, fill out the the poll. Okay. In the meantime, I'm going to get my presentation here ready, but um, see, we have, all right. Okay. Wow. I mean, I kind of suspected a high majority of you uh, joining our first gen professionals. And so far, that's what the, the poll is saying here. And then also, let me see, career level. We've got, okay, college students, some entry. Okay, middle level and senior. Okay, awesome, this is cool. So uh, we're, we're gonna leave the poll up for maybe like another 10 seconds. So um, in the meantime, too, take a look at the chat. Angelica, just share the Google form. Uh, like I said, uh, that if you if you're interested, Add your LinkedIn URL, and uh, and then what we'll do is we'll share it with uh, everyone that, that did share their LinkedIn URL to help facilitate the, um, the networking here. But um, okay, all right, I think we're good. Angelica, so good, okay. Awesome, thank you, everyone. Here we go, all right. So as you can see, 80% of you uh, first-gen professionals, and then uh, career level, um, 41% are mid-level, so yeah, mid-level, we have uh, entry-level folks about 29%, 20% of you are college students, and then about 10% of you are senior level. So thank you very much uh, again for uh, for sharing this. Okay, let's switch screens, get my... <clears throat> All right, okay. Um, Also, feel free to submit your questions via the chat, uh, and Angelica will um, uh, will keep an eye on those questions. I uh, will definitely leave some time at the end to answer questions, and if we need to, I'm also open to sticking around even a little bit past the hour. uh, Again, if you have uh, any questions as well. So today. I'm going to be talking about how to tell our first-generation story to get hired, okay? And uh, here's the agenda, all right? So the the agenda, first thing is I want to talk about uh, what are the top six soft skills that companies look for, and this is based on uh, a research that LinkedIn did. Next, uh, I'll be talking about what are some of the foundational steps to prepare ourselves to be able to tell our uh, first-gen story. And then we'll get into the meat of uh, the uh, today's uh, webinar, and that is how to create uh, our story. And then lastly is once we've created a story, it's not just like we have an amazing story, this masterpiece, okay? And so how can we then promote uh, our story? I'm gonna give you some tips on how to do that. First off, <clears throat> excuse me, I wanna share with you a quick little story here. So I graduated from UC Berkeley and uh, I live in the, uh, still live in the San Francisco Bay Area, so not that far. Um, This is my alma mater. And um, this was back in 1992, folks. Yep, I still took a typewriter to college, okay? Uh, In fact, this month, I will will be 52 years old, and I am damn proud I'm 52 because I have probably more energy than all of you combined here on this webinar, okay? But here's the thing. I was a Chicano Studies major. UC Berkeley is known more for engineering and more in the STEM field. Not for liberal arts majors. In 1992, those of you that are, you know, my peers, you might remember the economy wasn't that good. Um, kind of like it's not that good right now. Um, not as bad, okay, but still, I remember walking out of Sprout Plaza, going to a career fair, and sitting on uh, on that fountain in uh, March-April timeframe, just before I graduated. Totally disillusioned because the majority of companies, the few that were hiring, were looking for engineers. And those that were looking to hire liberal arts, they were looking to to bring people on board to sell life insurance and so forth. And nothing against selling life insurance, but that just wasn't what interested me. And so again, I was completely disillusioned walking, uh, walking out of the career fair. Zero experience putting together a resume. Uh, Obviously there was no LinkedIn back then. Um, Didn't know how to approach a recruiter at the table or anything like that, telling my my story. But here, fast forward to today, folks, okay, is my career journey. I have worked in the tech industry. I worked in the tech industry uh, for 12 years, five different startups, Uh, co-founded a nonprofit with family and friends, Uh, ran the local chamber of commerce for almost seven years. Um, Worked at LinkedIn. I did a one-year consulting uh, contract gig uh, with them, doing community relations, and then today, now for five and a half years, uh, I've had my own company. And I share that with you because the things that I am going to share with you today, the tips, um, are from the the scars, the bruises, the lessons that I've learned. I didn't. I don't read stuff on the internet or watch some YouTube videos and then theorize like my college professors on what you need to do. This is real life examples. I refer to myself as a prac trainer that I train what I practice other people to do. That's all I can do folks. So first off, what are these top six soft skills? Well, like I said, according to LinkedIn, they did a, a global uh, recruiting trends report back in 2017. And uh, the top six, six skills that, that companies identify that are important uh, are number one, adaptability. And in fact, again, like I said, this was done back in 2017. Adaptability today, that is critical, critical. No one... Uh, anticipated the pandemic or anything like that. And we all have had to adjust and adapt. Number two, culture fit is also important. Number three, collaboration. Collaboration, again, because of the pandemic, that is very important because now we're having to collaborate virtually. You know, before it was in the office. Now we're having to do it virtually. Next, leadership as well. Okay, that is also very, very important, uh, soft skill. Uh, your growth potential, you know, your ability to learn uh, new skills, et cetera, and so forth. Last year, I saw this quote um, a lot on social media, something about, I don't remember the exact words, but something about that, if after the pandemic is over, if you haven't learned some new skills or launched your business or whatever, you know, you know there was something that you weren't doing right but really it's about always growing learning new skills and then lastly number six prioritization okay prioritization now i'm going to get into this here in a second here but my mind the way it works when i saw these top six soft skills is i immediately began to reflect on my own personal story my own first generation uh story of each of these skills and the things that I've uh, experienced and how I can reframe and tell that story. Now, as I mentioned, we have to take some foundational uh, steps in order to be able to tell uh, our first gen story to get hired, okay? For me personally, um, English is my second language. Now I learned it in kindergarten, okay? As soon as I learned how to speak English, I became my parents' translator. And um, and you know it's really interesting because back when I was younger, um, it, it's it, I, I was in ESL classes. Uh, I was embarrassed that I was going to ESL classes. And today, what's interesting is is that people say, "Well, I can't believe Oscar English is your second language because you don't speak it with an accent." Okay, well, whatever. Um, I was in the on the free and reduced lunch program. Uh, My dad uh, uh, worked as a dishwasher, my mom worked in housekeeping, so yep, I stood in that greasy line, you know, and uh, maybe my arteries are clogged because of that, you know, Um, I don't know. Uh, In college, well, high school, I did well in my English classes, got A's, and then I go off to Berkeley, and they tell me that my English writing is horrible, and they put me in the remedial English classes, right? Talk about imposter syndrome uh, feeling. Um, my dad, first grade education. My mom, uh, middle school education. Um, I, they couldn't help me at all. I couldn't go to them. Even in third grade, I couldn't go to them and have them help me with my uh, homework, let alone you know, college experience and stuff like that. And then lastly is, is that some of you have heard this, but you know there, we have some new people here. Um, my natural personality is an introvert. I know many of us don't believe that. We have this misperception that uh, anyone that does public speaking and then today, because of the pandemic, anyone that talks to a camera with, while 99% of you have your cameras turned off, we must be an extrovert. No, that is not true, okay? It has just taken me 25 plus years of puking, of learning how to control the butterflies in my stomach, okay, to be able to do what I do. Earlier, I had a conversation with uh, a professional, and I commented uh, to her how I literally could give this presentation or any presentation now to the wall, and with the same energy that you see me, me flapping my hands all over the place, because I had gotten used to being able to give the same the, in my talks with that same passion and energy, regardless of whether you guys have your cameras on or, or, or not. But again, I share this with you because, folks, we all have a story to tell. We all go through crap in life. Crap stinks. But crap can also be the fertilizer to our dreams. The choice is hours and see i have just learned over the years how to reframe my narrative my story how to turn the crap into fertilizer and that's really like i, I really should i wanted to but i know you know linkedin probably would have been me okay or you know something. so if i would have called this how to turn your crap into fertilizer webinar uh, as the title here okay so creating your story Let's talk about this, okay? I highly encourage you, if you are multitasking right now, like stop, pull out a piece of paper or open up that new screen or whatever, because this is gonna be the meat and potatoes of what I'm gonna talk about to help you craft your story. So the first thing that I want you to do is I want you to do a skills inventory. Just grab a piece of paper and start writing down all the skills that you have. I don't care if you're really good at those skills. As long as you have some knowledge of those skills, write them down. You're going to come up with a list of 40, 50, 60 plus skills. Once you've done uh, uh, put together that list, the next thing that I want you to do is go back to your list and circle the top 10 skills that you love to do. And you are really good at. Remember love and you're good at like, I don't, I can do budgeting, but I don't love it and I'm not good, so therefore I wouldn't circle budgeting, okay? Next, I want you to grab uh, another piece of paper and I want you to write uh, three columns. Column on the left, label it life experiences. The column in the middle, feelings, and then the column on the right, skills. And what I want you to do here, this is where we are going to start looking at how to reframe some of the, our life lessons, uh, experiences. So, for example, okay, the, um, and I'm I'm using myself as an example here. But for example, when I was, in 11, excuse me, um, 11 years old, 12 years old. Um, my, uh, my parents started their own meat business here. My dad back in Mexico was a butcher. And so every weekend, we would go to the slaughterhouses, kill a pig, cow, goat, sell fresh meat, totally illegal. I was embarrassed about uh, helping <clears throat> that my parents had that kind of business. But one of the skills that I learned from that was a work ethic. Why? Because while most 11, 12-year-old kids at that time we're watching Saturday morning cartoons. My little rear end at 7 a.m. was already helping my parents. I told you that I was in remedial English class at UC Berkeley. How did I feel? Inferior compared to the 30,000 other students that were on campus. What did I learn? I learned how to be coachable because I started going to not just my professor, but I started going to a tutor, I started going to my friends on my floor to asking them for help, being coachable. And it's like, hey, help me. Because if I didn't pass that, uh, Berkeley gave me two chances to pass the, uh, that remedial English class. And then if I didn't, they would boot me. Next, uh, I worked in the tech industry for startups. And those of you that are familiar with startups, usually most of them go buy a business, okay? Um, I got laid off a lot and anxiety is how I felt, but I learned how to network. When I co-founded a nonprofit, I felt I didn't have any time. My kids were young. I was married uh, at the time. And I'm like, I don't have any time to be like, you know, starting a nonprofit here. But I learned public speaking from that. And then when I went to go work at the chamber, um, it was a career transition. And I had zero knowledge of what a chamber of commerce did. So I felt unqualified. But one of the things that I learned uh, skill was collaboration. So you see, folks. Take some of these life experiences. Acknowledge some of these yucky feelings, okay? And then look at reframing, uh, turning that crap into that fertilizer, these skills. What are some of the positive things that you've learned from that? Next, grab another piece of paper here because we're going to start reframing this story here. And same thing, divide it up into three columns. Column on the left, label it top, those top six soft skills. The middle is your life experiences. And then the right is your purpose. And what I want you to do is now start mapping some of the things here. So again, I'm going to use myself as an example. So one of the top six skills is prioritization, right? So what does that mean for me, for Oscar, in terms of my career growth and reframing my story? Well, when I had, uh, when um, we had the family business uh, in college, we didn't weren't selling meat anymore. Um, my uh, my parents continued to make and sell chorizo, Mexican sausage, on the weekends. Every Friday, I would drive back home from college to make chorizo. The next morning, go to the flea market to sell it. Okay. And I, you know, I missed out on some of the college life ex, uh, experience and, and so forth, because I was coming back home to help uh, my, uh, my parents. But what is one of the things that I learned or the purpose for that is that it, it, it would create it, i learned how to create that win-win scenario. Win-win meaning helping my, uh, my parents, um, uh, my family, furthering my education, but it was also learning how to prioritize my time and again this is one of the skills that as a professional it is important that we prioritize uh, our uh, know how to prioritize our projects and so forth and it's also a skill that a company looks for plus I can also go back and share some of my personal stories and relate and connect the two to what a company is looking for with my story what is the purpose what is the 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 reason for doing uh uh, some of these things now when you are creating your story there are five main components to your story number one is your why and in this case because we're talking about you're creating your story to get hired okay to get hired you have to appeal to the needs of the employer or the opportunity. So in this case, your why should be connected into t- what's in it for that employer for that opportunity, not so much your personal why. I do a complete separate talk on, on this. Um, we do have uh so the videos uh that I've created you know uh they're free you know or, or you can even go onto our uh paid platform as well uh so you can watch this Number two, part of your story is talking about your personality trait or traits. Number three, this is where you talk about your career journey and or your vision. Now, usually if you are a young professional, okay, oftentimes we struggle with, well, I'm just starting off in my career. So what, you know, how much experience, I don't have much experience. So what can I really say? Well, In this case, you wanna sell your vision of what you want to accomplish in the future, okay? If you're looking to transition careers, you're gonna want to also look at selling your vision uh, as well because uh, you don't have that work experience So you wanna talk about some of those transferable skills and uh, again, apply it to what you might be bringing to that new opportunity. Number four, talk about some of your awards, that you received or recognition accomplishments, okay? This is one of the reasons why I share with people, start creating a folder, okay? Taking some screenshots of emails, maybe or maybe a, on social media messages that you receive from your, your boss or coworkers or clients. And you basically start creating a folder of uh, your recognition folder, because one day you can reference back some of that content, that information. And then number five is is that um, obviously you want to talk about either your current uh, position, role, or company that you're in, or um, if, if you're going to be transitioning into a different role or company, you talk about this. But these are the five main parts that make up your story. I want to show you an example of what not to do, okay? Obviously, this person is highly accomplished, okay? Stanford grad, Boston University. And on his LinkedIn profile, in his about section, he says, educator, te- teacher, and manager, consultant, with experience in board governance, nonprofit and corporate, international business development, et cetera, et cetera, and so forth. This person, again, super accomplished. But the way he is telling his story is boring. It's boring. It's just keywords. Okay. Don't do this, folks. Okay. We have to again write the story in a way where it is catching and appealing. It's a story, folks. Okay. It's not a dictionary. Here's an example of Angelica. Okay. And she shares her story and she says, I'm a student at California State University in Monterey Bay who aspires to one day become a professor of ethnic studies. My goal as a future educator is to help create an engaging, creative and strong educational foundation for future generations. My passion for education has been an ongoing cause that has led me to volunteer for organizations such as Mesa de la Comunidad and the City of Mount Views Youth Advisory Committee. By pursuing my passion for academia, I hope to expand my horizons and gain more insight into a world of limitless possibilities. But she obviously has zero experience being a college professor. But as a young professional, just starting off in her career, what is she doing? She's selling her vision, her vision. This is how you capture people's attention because the purpose of the story is to capture people's attention so that you can then maybe lead to a Zoom call, a phone call, or who knows, depending on where you're living, what part of the state or country you're in, maybe it's a six foot social distance interview okay but notice how she captures someone's attention versus the previous person example that i shared with you obviously the person has experience but man boring as heck i mean it's more exciting to watch grass grow than to read that guy's uh profile here's my my story i'm not going to read it to you okay but over the years I've been able to create just a very concise story that has the key pieces that I mentioned earlier, the five parts here. And the thing that's, that is important is once you create the, your, your story is, is that it's like grocery shopping. You now have ingredients and you have options to be able to cook different meals. And so it gives you, you, by creating a story, it gives you those ingredients that you can then adapt your story according to the audience and so forth. So how do we promote um, our story? First of all, let me keep things really simple. There are three, four main formats that we can promote our story. Number one is written. Number two, video. And then number three, audio, written video, and audio. Do not get hung up on I'm not good on camera or I'm shy on camera. Or, I don't like the way I look in camera, so I don't want to make video. Okay, then write something. Okay. Well, I'm not a good writer either. Okay, well, then make a video. Okay. Oh, well, you know, whatever. Then audio. Okay. Audio. I am a lazy writer. I am a lazy writer. I'm gonna you know, that's the truth. I'd rather actually now do something video. Okay. But these are the three main formats. Now I want to take you through a quick little journey here of, of how I started with my story. Okay. So the first thing that I did was, oh gosh, I don't know, maybe now about 10 years ago, eight years ago is on LinkedIn. They have the link, uh, the the platform where you can. It's kind of like a blog. I wrote my very first article, and it's titled "I Am a Minority." It's, it's my personal story, okay? And I wrote it, and uh, I I shared some personal things about you know my my mother and I coming to this country. My mother came here undocumented. Um, you know, when I got accepted to Berkeley, some of my students, uh, some, excuse me, some of my friends in high school, they're like, Oh, maybe you got accepted to Berkeley because of affirmative action. I mean, I got kind of personal I shared that article from that article. I then was able to create a short little video titled, I am a minority that you can see on the homepage of a speed of consulting. Also from there. When we created the Espita uh, Consulting website, I took part of my story and shared it there as well. I've also created some YouTube videos, taking bits and pieces of my story. And then most recently, last September, created um, my podcast called Career Talk with OG. But again, remember I mentioned about having the ingredients because I started from the very beginning with, that's the, I am a, a minority story. I've been able to do these different things. Now, here's the uh, the article that I mentioned to you on LinkedIn back in uh, yeah seven years seven years ago. Okay, it'll be seven years that I wrote this article on LinkedIn. It's there. And then here's the video that I created. I am a minority. It's probably like maybe like less than a minute long, maybe fifty two seconds long. That I created this video. Text all text. Okay. Text only video on the website. Here's the example just did a, about two or three months ago. Get an update on the left, how it started on the right, how it's going, taking bits and pieces of my story and not communicating it and putting it out there uh, on the website. Here's the uh Aspita consulting YouTube channel. Again, a lot of the content that I share, I'm sharing bits and pieces of my story in short little videos. And then uh, on the, uh, the, the podcast, uh, here's uh, an example here uh, as well, where I share part of my story on the podcast. Now, <clears throat> here's some tips to help you promote and create some engagement with your story to get noticed. First of all, look at following some uh, key hashtags. I'm gonna show you in a second here an example of some, some key hashtags. Follow people on social media. Uh, You can also connect with some of those, uh, with some of them uh, as well. But if you're, you know, an introvert like myself and you feel initially more comfortable just following, then follow them, okay? Uh, Comment on some of these posts. And and notice I said comment, okay? Like, it's okay to like something, you, you know, give the thumbs up on Facebook or whatever the heck it is that Facebook, you know, has you do. But you're going to create more engagement and get noticed more if you comment on posts um, on LinkedIn. It's not just LinkedIn stories, but Snapchat, you know, Instagram, uh, obviously TikTok. You can create stories. These are just like short, fifteen second uh, little stories that you can create little videos where you can share again bits and pieces of your story. Some of you might be thinking, especially those that are, you know, like my generation, you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not a techie and so forth. You, you know what, at some point, our grandparents didn't read newspapers, okay? Someone read to them, there was oral history first, okay? And then when newspapers came out, I'm sure people were like, I can't do this, okay? I can't, I, I, I would rather listen to my mother, my father, uh, you know, story than have to read a paper, okay? like. Get over it folks and then lastly some uh it might make sense uh for you to create a personal website as well and it doesn't require a lot of effort there's templates out there where you can just create a personal website that you can add your content uh and share uh, uh your story as well so let me show you some examples here uh some uh, key hashtags, and I just went on to LinkedIn, but you can go, like I said, Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, and so forth, but um, I went on to LinkedIn, and I just typed in hashtag first generation. You can see there are 591 people that are following that hashtag. Why is that important? Well, it's important because you can read other people's stories uh, there as well. You can, when you post something, if you're following the hashtag or anyone that's following that hashtag, it increases the chances that they're gonna re- yeah, see your story. So it's a good way to promote um, and, and comment. Um, the hashtag uh, storytelling. There's another example right there that has almost half a million followers. Imagine I share my story and I, and I put hashtag storytelling. There's a lot of people that increases the chances of being able to see uh, my story. If you're into STEM, is that your field? Maybe use follow uh, the hashtag STEM and you use that on some of your posts. Or as a Latino myself, you know, maybe I want to use and I have in the past used the hashtag Latinx. Pick whatever you know other hashtag you want to. But again, these are hashtags uh, examples of hashtags that you can follow and add to your social media posts um, uh, to to increase visibility. Also, um, connect with with other professionals out there. Um, I connected with David. I saw uh, earlier this, actually I think it was last year or this year, I forget. But uh, I saw someone in my network share his immigrant story, okay, uh, on LinkedIn, I, uh, found him on LinkedIn and I sent him this message. And I said, hi, David, I just read your story, inspiring. My parents were migrant workers and I can relate to your story. I welcome the opportunity to connect with you on LinkedIn. Within five minutes of me sending him this message, he connected with me on LinkedIn. And here again is an example of how I can add uh, a, a senior level executive to my network because of the fact that we both can connect on our first-gen type migrant uh, story. Also, one of the things that I hear sometimes from people is the concern about bragging, bragging, being the show off, How, how can we promote, how can I promote myself, my story, but not come across like I'm bragging? Let me show you an example here, folks, okay? Back in 2019, uh, Wells Fargo invited me to do a a training uh, session for 150 of their sales reps. And um, afterwards uh, I came back, the theme was connect to reconnect. And so um, when I was a kid, my parents were looking for a bank here in a local town where I live and they were walking up and down uh, the main street Uh, Castro Street, uh, looking for a bank. Uh, Ideally, they were looking for someone that spoke Spanish, because like I said, my parents didn't speak English, okay? And the last bank that they walked into was Wells Fargo. And lo and behold, right at the entrance, there was a gal who um, spoke Spanish, helped my parents open their account. My parents remained loyal customers of Wells Fargo until they passed away about five and a half years ago. When I shared, I led that post with this story and i finished it by saying 45 years later that five-year-old stood in front of 150 wells fargo sales rep folks by me sharing my story i was uh i was uh in this manner okay is is that i was edifying and and, and again telling my personal story but without bragging about like Oh, look at me. I just gave a talk to Wells Fargo. Because if you notice on social media, folks, there's a lot of braggers out there. A lot of braggers. I'm honored that I spoke at blah, blah, blah. I'm honored. Like, good for you. Okay. But can I tell you something, you know, Mr. Honored? Your audience, your followers, they don't give a rip that you're honored. They want to know what's in it for them. Always be adding value and helping other people with them. It's not about us. And so I call it the boomerang of approach, folks. It's really edifying others and that edification comes back to you. I'm going to open up to some questions here in a minute. But one of the things, if you forget everything that I said today, I want you to remember this, okay? Stop trying to only connect with people's mind. People don't buy the uh, instructions on how to put together a skateboard, Okay. What people buy is the experience of riding that hot, hot pipe, okay? How cool it is, how fun it is to be riding that skateboard. You have to connect with the heart first. And yes, it is important to connect with the mind, but connect first with the heart, then the mind. You gotta share your story, connect with the heart, Before you connect with all the other bells and whistles, you know, and experience that you have, just like that example that I showed you about that John Doe example, that dude's trying to connect with people's minds. Okay. Okay. I'm going to open up to some questions here. And uh, before I do, I always ask this, drop it, you guys, on the comments section here, rank the webinar one through 10, okay, or negative, you know, 10, or, you know, you can go up to, you know, hundred, you know, whatever, but put it in there. And um, I'll open up to some questions here. Also, here's my contact information. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, subscribe to the podcast, there's my phone number, my email address, uh, and the Sveta, uh website uh, as well here. But um, Angelica, I'm gonna turn it over to you. Any questions?
0: Yes, we do have a few questions here. And if anyone else has any, please feel free to type them in the chat. So our first question is, Do you recommend linking articles and videos to your LinkedIn profile that you create on YouTube or from other social media platforms?
1: So yes, but but the way I would recommend that you do it is uh, on LinkedIn, LinkedIn has a featured section. That's where you want to um, link at the LinkedIn articles. Um, The featured section is basically kind of like the highlight right? Of your accomplishments, you know, things that you're proud of and so forth. Do it there. I don't recommend adding, sharing a link, an external link uh, um, on any social media platform as a post. The reason is because uh, all social media platforms, the algorithms uh, are going to deem you. They're not really going to share or make that post visible to many people. Uh, And the reason is is that social media platforms want to keep us on their social media platform, not go to an outside um, website or link.
0: Perfect. Thank you. We have another question here asking... Any advice on how to share to show your story on an MBA application essay slash interviews?
1: Uh, wait, ask me that again. Any anyway? Yeah.
0: Any advice on how to share your story on a MBA application?
1: Yeah. So one of the things that um, with with you know schools and this is also with with employers is really understand. The culture of that school or the program. What are some of the things you know that are that you know the mission statement or the values of that uh, of that MBA program, and 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 that exercise that I mentioned earlier. Instead of like writing down you know the top six uh, soft skills like I did in that column, maybe what you want to do is you want to list some of the values of the program or the school, and then do that similar mapping, as I mentioned earlier, so that now you begin to see and be like, okay, so they're, so they're looking for this, this is what's important to them. This is my experience. Is there a skill or purpose or common value so that now you can do that mapping and be able to tell that story succinctly, whether it's an application or, you know, if it's in an interview.
0: Great. Thank you. We have another question here asking, how do you promote your story if you don't have that many skills?
1: Well, see, here's the thing. The we all have skills. I I, I I'm willing to bet whoever asked me this question, if you and I had just an, even a 10-minute conversation and I asked you, you know, what you do, et cetera, I'm willing to bet that I can identify some skills that you have. OK, um, it just, you know, the fact I mean, I'm going to tell you the fact that you even have the courage to ask that skill to me tells me that you probably are coachable and you're and you're a good listener. OK, so maybe maybe what what my advice to, to this person is maybe what you need to do is find someone, a coach or, or, or a mentor or someone that can that can have a one on one conversation with you and help you put the mirror in front of your face so you can see how important and valuable you are.
0: We have a lot of great questions coming up here. Let's see here. Another one is, I like the list of soft skills, but wonder if there are any you think are missing or what might round out the top 10?
1: Yeah, you know, I... um, the, the another skill that I think is very important is uh, interdependent. Uh, I think we put a lot of value on being dip, uh excuse me, independent. And the reality is, is that uh, I think interdependence is a very, very important skill uh, as well. Um, communication. Uh, skill is also very important Um, and yes and uh, storytelling is a way it is a form of communication but you know the way we communicate virtually and some of the tools that we use uh, are also uh, important skills and um, and then um, the other the other skill that's important is resilience oh my gosh I mean like in this last year I mean that is one of the skills that is super super important it really is always and those of us that are first-gen professionals I mean that's what we uh, are good at we are good at re- being resilient that's what I tell some people it's like oh my gosh if anyone if anyone is equipped to succeed today whether in in, in the uh, job market is first-gen professionals because we are paving the way we've had to be very very resilient I mean, we're like the Arnold Schwarzeneggers, okay? We're the bodybuilders here of Resilience.
0: I love that. We have another question here asking, do you coach others to help create slash package their first gen story for jobs slash grad school? Mine is not the traditional first gen story. I'm multi-generational from LA, but only person to graduate from college slash grad school in my family.
1: Yes, the short answer is yes, I absolutely do um, uh, share that. And uh, Angelica, I don't know if you have the, the other link uh, with the contact yes, information can share ahead. that, but yeah, I yes, do. I'll
0: okay. share that shortly. Okay, and then we have another question here. Hi, Oscar, thank you for sharing your story. If you could describe your life experience in one word, what would it be?
1: One <laughs> word? Um, in one word, it, it, it is resilience. It really is, that, that's, that's what it is. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I've always said, you know, um, I mean, there's things that have been out of my control and things uh, within my control, you know, uh, that, I, that uh, but uh, the, the thing that I've learned is how to be able to bounce back. And that's, that skill, It's it's really something that I've learned from my parents because I saw them bounce back from many, many uh, challenges in life.
0: Uh, I have another one here saying, great advice for how to format your story. What advice do you have for telling your story face-to-face, like in an interview or networking?
1: Yeah. So uh, once you get to that point, you want to obviously be doing your research on, not just the, you know, the skills and the making sure that you match, but that's also where the company culture uh, aspect of it comes in that you've also done your research. Folks, it, I mean, really applying for an opportunity, think about this, okay? We spend the majority of our waking hours at a job. We spend more of our waking hours at a job than we do with our loved ones. So therefore, I believe it is critical it is vital that we make sure that there is compatibility, meaning, you know, our our personal values with the values or the culture of the company. So that when so so what I'm getting at, it's it's like it's like dating. Like you want to make sure that there's a match. Because if there isn't, then it's okay for you to turn down the opportunity. Uh because if you don't, then and you take an opportunity, a job where there isn't quite that Company culture, and you take it for a paycheck, you might not be happy. You might be leaving there six weeks into it, like I did once before. I didn't take my own advice. Six weeks into it, uh, this new opportunity, I left. So that's what I would recommend that you know really, really study How do you study the com- company culture? Their websites. Look at videos um look at earnings calls you know the CEO etc and so forth Google you know the, the recruiters or or um on on LinkedIn sometimes companies post videos that describe their the company culture that gives you a, a feeling for what uh it's like to work at that company i will tell you for me personally like i don't uh working at a big company organization that's not the thing here for me i like more um, working in smaller teams and groups, et cetera, and so forth. That's something that, that is important uh, to me.
0: Thank you. We have another question. Great content. Can you speak to any limits of what you should not share in branding or interview? My experience is that those generational generational norms differ, potential oversharing of story that could harm a candidate.
1: Well, okay. That is a good question. I mean, here's the thing is, is that share what, speak your heart, share what you feel comfortable with. Okay. The other thing too, is, is that there are going to be some opportunities out there where I could share the same presentation here or my story, and they're not going to accept me because of the fact that I said I'm 52 years old and immediately they're going to think, oh, you know, ageism et cetera, and so forth. I don't agree with it and so forth, but you know what, as I've said also as well, I don't need 10 job offers. I just need one that matches what I bring to the party and vice versa. That's it, just one. And so, you know, again, going back to what you should share, I mean, if you feel comfortable and and it's your story, some people are gonna love it and some people aren't. And those that don't love it, so what, move on.
0: Absolutely. We have another question here from Lulu. She's saying, hi, Oscar. I'm first-gen and work with first-gen students, seniors going to college or starting their career. I would love to hear about your services and have you come speak to my students. Lulu, we will reach out to you.
1: (laughs) Yes, thank you, Lulu. We'll definitely reach out to you.
0: We have another one here asking, any advice on how to improve your writing skills if English is not your first language, and how to expand your vocabulary that sounds more professional.
1: Yeah. So <clears throat> one is is that um, obviously if you want to learn a skill, right? You and you're not something that you're not uh, proficient at. The more you do it, the better you're going to be. And I tell you this, folks. Like for example, um, if you go back about four or five years on YouTube, and you see I used to have a a, a thirty minute TV show and i was horrible 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 uh, at it i did it for about a year and a half nervous being in front of the camera all this type of stuff and uh, stuff type of stuff but i kept doing it kept doing it kept doing it and i've gotten better over time um and so so one just keep doing that the other thing though is is that um there are online programs uh a lot of them are, are free as well that can help you with your writing uh, to be able to identify what is your style uh, of writing, um, the 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 other thing too is for me, um, I, I I really follow kind of like that hero's journey style of writing. Uh, I just found that that again for me that works well and it resonates for a high percentage uh, of people out there, and um, and so um, that's the other thing. And then the last thing that I would uh, say to you is is that. Be willing to have the courage to be vulnerable. Take some baby steps. Take some baby steps to be vulnerable, to put yourself out there. And again, it's vulnerability is, is like a muscle. The more you do it, um, you know, the stronger, the more comfortable you're going to feel uh, in being vulnerable. So that's, those are some of the things that I would recommend. We
0: have a few more questions here before we wrap things up. Uh, we have someone that said, you shared a template to connect with someone on LinkedIn. Do you have a template to set up a phone-slash-Zoom meeting with someone on LinkedIn to show gratitude for their time, but also be organized when creating that meeting?
1: Yes, if you message me, I uh, I will send that to you, because I do have on another slide. Obviously it Obviously, takes yeah. me too much time right now to find it, but I do, and I'm happy to share that with you.
0: Yes, awesome. And then we have another question here asking, Would you suggest using the format to create your story to get hired as a personal branding statement? Is it the same thing? And if so, could it be used at networking events, interviews, and other professional settings?
1: Uh, Yes. Yes, it can. Except that... When you are like uh, at a networking event or you know, your, your virtual networking event, you're gonna want, you're, you're obviously you're gonna to wanna to practice what you say and you're gonna kind of shorten it a little more concise. Um, for example, um, I, I share the story that um, uh, I think it was made now, maybe about three years ago, I was list, um, uh, listening to a speaker and standing room only. I turned around and the Dean of Workforce Development from one of the local community colleges was there. We hadn't seen each other in a while. And of course he asked me, he's like, hey Oscar, you know, great to see you. What are, what are you up to these days? And I led with my why and I said, I empower students because he worked with students, so I adapted it. So opportunities come to them. And that piqued his interest. He asked me for my business card Five minutes after we parted ways, he emails his executive assistant, CC's me on the email and says to her, can you please schedule a meeting with Oscar? I want to talk to him about some opportunities. But you see, I took part of, like I said, it's like an ingredient. I took a little bit of that ingredient, you know, and I shared it. I verbalized it and it caught his attention and it led to um, exploring some opportunities with them.
0: Awesome.
1: Thank you. Well, that looks like all my questions from my end. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone. And uh, Angelica will be sending out the replay here uh, for today. So thank you very much for joining us. Connect uh, as well on LinkedIn and uh, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Career Talk with OG. Be sure to rate us and let us know what content you want to see on our next podcast. For more information, visit our website at www.aspidaconsulting.com.